In today's show, we're recapping the last day of NBA action before the All-Star break. Three games on Thursday, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Quickly, I don't really do this very much, but I had an aim to get to 60,000 subscribers on YouTube, and I am, at this point, like 100 off. It is a Bees dick away. We are almost at the all-star break. And I know that there are literally thousands of people who watch shows who aren't subscribed. So if I could just get some of you guys to hit subscribe, get me to 60,000, bring me into the break with a nice Danish backhand. That'd be awesome. Just hit subscribe. I'd love it. Anyway, we're not going to have a particularly long show today because there's only three games on, but we are going to talk about the news. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) Okay. Let's look at what has happened news-wise. Kevin Love with a buyout. I don't think we need to worry about adding him anywhere. Yes, there is a huge power forward-sized hole in Miami, but I'm not sure that Kevin Love fills that hole anymore. The reason he's not getting minutes for Cleveland is that he has lost considerable steps. He can still occasionally put up good games, but I think if it comes down to it, if he did sign in Miami and if he did start and play 25 minutes, he'd probably provide pretty similar value to Caleb Martin, to be honest. I hate the buyout system. Everyone's well aware of that. I think it's ridiculous. I think it actually hurts teams quite a bit. Like Terrence Ross just got bought out. Like a team could have chucked a couple of seconds towards him. But instead, he just has to go for nothing. Like what's, why would we trade for someone when you're just going to buy him out anyway? Anyway, that's beside the point. But buyout players don't usually have a big impact on teams. So we'll see exactly what happens here with Kevin. But no, he's not like a stash guy or anything. Westbrook's another interesting one. Does he get bought out? It appears that he will, and he looks like he might go to the Clippers or the Wizards or the Bulls. I think if he went to the Bulls or the Wizards, he would have value. Yes, it's really frustrating if you've got him on your roster because you can't put him in IL. I believe you can still put him in IL+, which, just as an aside, you should have in every league, and you shouldn't have regular IL. In fact, Yahoo, if you're watching this, which I'm sure you're not, IL shouldn't exist. Get rid of it. It's all IL+. No need for the other one. It's dumb. Get rid of it. Westbrook, I think in... LA, yes, there's talk that he would start if he went to the Clippers, but I don't think he would play full starters minutes, and I think he would be too negatively impactful for a fantasy team to have him as a must-roster category league guy there. But there is still maybe a situation where he can get some value. Leandro Balmaro was waived by the Jazz. They were just like, we're not going to play. Just go back to Europe. He's like, sweet, I'll see you later. I thought he had a little bit of talent coming across from Spain. He obviously hasn't really been able to do anything for Minnesota or for Utah. So he goes back there. I don't know if we'll ever see him again. Just wanted to mention this because it ties into another point later. But Julius Randle has been entered into the three-point contest as the man who shoots 33% from three. Yes, I know. He has made a lot of threes this season. But come on. Like, what are we doing? 
a three-point shooting contest. You're not going to involve Contavious Caldwell-Pope. You're not going to involve, hey, even Jeremy Grant's been a really good shooter from three. You're not going to involve um, Isaiah Joe. You're not going to involve the, guy, involve the guys who are actual legitimate three-point shooting threats. It's pretty ridiculous. I, the only thing I could think of is that, like Randall was already there and everyone or other people I asked said, no, he's already there. Do you want to do it? Like, it it's, it's a bafflingly bad decision. But in the end, it doesn't matter. Kevin Durant said that he'll be back at some point pretty soon after the All-Star break. That's sort of in line with what we expected. So that's great news to actually hear it from Kevin himself. I don't think it'll be first game back, but maybe it's a week or two after the break that he returns. Um, so obviously fantastic news if you have Kevin Durant, like I do in some leagues, and I'm pretty anxiously waiting for him to come back. And then the big news, maybe I've buried it towards the bottom. Maybe I haven't. Anthony Simons, grade two ankle sprain. That's bad news. Now, maybe it is a four-week injury, but his teammate, Justice Winslow, has a grade two ankle sprain. He hasn't played since December the 21st. It's two months ago. I think. Now, I can't ever come out here and tell you guys as a plain matter-of-fact situation for everyone. Even Cade Cunningham, who's out for the season, I can't just say everyone drop him because you're going to go, I'm in a keeper league. I'm in a dynasty league. And of course, that's valid. But in the majority of leagues... I think that Anthony Simons is a drop. All the usual caveats apply. Dynasty keeper, different story. If you've got open eye L slots, there is literally no reason for you to drop him. But I find it very, very difficult to believe that Anthony Simons with a grade two ankle sprain, and it looked pretty bad, is going to be worth holding through this time, through fantasy playoffs, when the return might be best case scenario, the 15th of March. Mate, that's the absolute best. And I think that's highly unlikely. I think we're talking six minimum, I think, I think if he got back in the regular season at some point, it would be a W for him and for the Blazers. So what I will say is the way of couching other people's leagues and everyone's situation in this is that you should highly consider whether Anthony Simons is a drop in your league. He is by no means a not, not a you-can't-drop-him player. I don't know when he's going to be back. There is risk involved. It's all about your situation. Are your ILs filled up? Get rid of him. Like, are your ILs filled up, consider moving on. It's not coming back anytime soon. He's not back first game after the break. Although, remember that Jam Rant injury? He's going to be week to week and then he missed one game. I don't think this is this one. That's the same thing here. But that is always a risk. But based on the information we have, this goes back to the discussion yesterday about Darvin Ham saying, hey, yeah, Schroeder and Russell are going to start um, move, you know, together moving forward for the foreseeable future. Like if you ignore what is said, you come off like an idiot when it turns out to be actually true. And a grade two ankle sprain is like, Four to six weeks, absolute minimum. So I just don't see how he's impacting. Now, turn that part away about what do you do if you've got Simons. What does it do for Damian Lillard? Probably boosts him a little bit assists and usage-wise. What does it do for Jeremy Grant? I think it makes his usage more consistent. His shooting will go back and forth, but it probably ups his playmaking and his usage a bit. If you've got those guys, probably probably good luck for you. Now, some people, the pessimists, will take the opposite side and go, well, this means they're going to get shut down now because Simons isn't there, which, again, calm down. That's just not what happens. But then the thing is, what do we do off the waiver wire? Well, I don't know what they're going to do. I know what I would do. It doesn't mean that that's what Chauncey Billups would do. And he's given no indication as to what he would do. So this is what I would do if I was them. I would start Shaden Sharp. They could start Cam Reddish. I would start Sharp and Thibel at the two and the three, Reddish off the bench. But they could very easily start Reddish and Thibel. Very easily. They could start Reddish and Sharp if they wanted to go that direction. Everything that we said about Matisse Thibel remains exactly the same as what it did the other day. He will be a steals guy who gets some out-of-position blocks, and that's really about it. 
He's not going to take on extra usage from Anthony Simons. He's not going to become a better playmaker or shooter because Anthony Simons isn't there. That stuff isn't likely to happen for Matisse Thibel. He will be the same player. He just has a little bit more security with his minutes. The big thing is going to be between Sharp and Reddish. Now, we haven't really seen Shaden Sharp play very much alongside Lillard and Grant. I did a search to see, wait, what's he actually done in these minutes next to Lillard and Grant without Simons and without Hart? Because that's the reality of the situation he's in. And he played like 60 minutes, Shaden had, combined with Lillard and Grant, and had a usage of 15% with an assist rate of two per 100 possessions. So, really bad. So it's not just as easy a situation as Simons has gone, Sharp will take all of that usage and he'll have to up his playmaking because in the limited sample that they've played together, that hasn't been true. Now, I think that if we came out here, and I'm going long on this because I can, because we've got a three-game slate, so we can talk a little bit longer on this. Um, and this just goes through some of it. Sometimes I'll just tell you, I think this, I think this, and I don't really go through all the explanations behind it, but I am on this one. I think it's reasonable to look at those numbers of Sharp playing next to Grant and Lillard and Josh Hart, yeah, out of the rotation. Maybe you include Josh Hart. Like he's a very he's a similar analog, a low usage player like Thibel. Um, that Sharp was very low usage in those scenarios. I think it's reasonable to suggest he won't be a 15% usage player moving forward. He'll be maybe 17 or 18. It's safe, I feel like it's safer to say that he might not be a two-assist player. It maybe goes up a bit. I'll give him some leeway on that. He's improved his um, free-throw shooting of late. Some of his three-point shooting of late has stepped up. But overall, he has shown a pretty poor fantasy profile this season. But this is a guy who maybe does average 15 points per game, 14 points per game in Simons' stead. It doesn't mean that he's going to be a must-roster player at all. But I think that Shaden Sharp is who I would add over Cam Reddish because I just think it makes more sense to give him minutes next to Lillard to see what you've got, to see what happens in 30 minutes. He'll probably end up being like a guy that's in the 135 to 170 range, which is totally okay to roster and totally okay to drop, and you'll end up moving him in and out of your lineups. And he'll have some nights where he has 14, 1-1, one and, one, and nights where he has 7 points with 3 assists and 2 steals. I think that's realistic for him. Reddish should be the one to watch, though, would add in deeper leagues who might get 27, 28 minutes a night. The other name to watch is Justice Winslow because you look at their roster, they have no point guards. They have Lillard, and that is it. That's it. That's their point guard, Damian Lillard. So who's going to get back up point guard minutes? It's probably when he eventually returns, if he eventually returns, Justice Winslow. At the moment, it's probably going to be Keon Johnson. So deeper leagues maybe Keon, deeper leagues Justice Winslow later on. They've got actually, you know who it might be? Ryan Archer Jackano. He's on their roster. Yes, he's a real player and he is on their roster. Maybe he's going to have to play, and that means deeper league stuff. Actually, maybe he maybe he definitely has to play. Because they don't have any other point guards. So Thibel's value untouched. More security in minutes, but value untouched. Sharps rises. I'm not sure it rises to the state of being a top 100, top 120 player. I don't know that it does that. And I don't know the same thing happens for Reddish either. They are both worthy grabs. I would prioritize Sharp over Reddish. I think that's probably where, where I would stay with that. But I'd love to know what your thoughts are on it and what you're doing in that situation. Today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. I'm just going to say it in my accent. I'm not going to use the American accent. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. 
Player of the week, I went through and had a look. Who's had the best value totals-wise for fantasy over the last week? And it's Joel Embiid. But you know what? He gets too many awards. So I'm going to give it to the guy that's the sixth-ranked player over the last week. And that's... Maximum Derek. Yeah, Derek White's been amazing over the last week. Sixth in totals for category leagues over the last week. So he is my Nissan Aria Electric Player of the Week. He's been brilliantly fierce. He's been blocking shots with a fierce elegance. He's been delivering on duality, the duality of offense and defense. Fierceness and elegance, exactly like the Nissan Aria, which is a perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. NissanUSA.com for those of you who want a translation. Let's look at the most added players off the waiver wire over the last 24 hours. Number one. A lot of these are streamers for today. Number one is Terrence Mann, up 20%. Absolutely. Look, his numbers have been all right. He's fine as a streamer, especially with Norman Powell. Josh Kogi up 15%. I don't really think it's going to last long-term, but for now, no problem. Malachi Branham up 13%. Also, I don't think he's going to be able to maintain 12-team league value. His shooting has been sky high, and I worry about role and usage and peripheral stats moving forward, but by all means, he's playing well. D-Line right up 9%. Good streamer. Worked well today. Got some more thoughts on him coming. Grayson Allen was a streamer up 6%. Josh Richardson up 6%. I don't believe it in it. I don't think he's a 12-team league player. I wouldn't have added him. Um, Jaden McDaniel's up 5 Didn't realize it was available to go up 5%, but you know, I haven't, I've been talking about how I don't believe he's a points league player in 12-team, so I guess some people dropped him there, which is t- actually totally reasonable because that's what I've been saying for months. So adding him makes sense. And Kobe White, with the absence of De- DeRozan and Caruso, Caruso, he started today and a very worthy streamer. In terms of the drops, pretty aggressive to see Josh Green drop that much, but not a huge, huge surprise. Down 18%. I probably would have held him, but I think he's just going to move into being the worst player on your roster, which, of course, is always droppable. Sam Hauser down 15%. I think we need to get Jack out for that one. Get that garbage out of here! Dorian Finney-Smith down 12 Easy drop. Larry Nance down 7%. No worries dropping him. Devontae Grain down 7%. Absolutely, totally okay. There's not enough there for me for him to be a 12-team league guy. Denny Avdia down 6%. Probably the wrong time to drop Denny Avdia considering the Wizards were one of six teams to play today. Weird drop. Jeremy Sohan down 6 I think I probably would have held on to him. Zohan now! So I don't really believe in that one. And Dennis Schroeder down 5%. One of the easiest drops that you will ever, ever make. Let's look at the games. The first one. The Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. 112 over the Bulls 100. The big story out of this one, because there's not much to talk about fantasy-wise, it's Giannis. Giannis, He left the game with a wrist strain, played nine minutes, had two points. Of course, 25% shooting, which apparently is normal for Giannis now. Really frustrating. The x-rays were clean. They said he's got a wrist sprain. So we'll see. We'll get more information. Does he play in the All-Star game? That'll give us a great indication that everything is great. But if he doesn't play, then we get a little bit worried. And the question will be, who do we add? And I think the answer is going to be nobody. Yeah, Jay Crowder will come in for some minutes. Bobby Portis could be returning. They have no Middleton, Portis, Connaughton, Crowder in this game. And now Giannis is hurt as well. They all could play next game. Three of them could play. Four of them could play. One of them can play. I wouldn't say that there's an absolute clear out. Obviously, Portis would be if he's available. But I wouldn't say Crowder's a must-grab or Connaughton's a must-grab. With no Middleton, no Connaughton, no Portis, no Crowder, Javon Carter started. He had 22-6-6 six six in 32 minutes. We've seen him have these interesting pop-off games, and then he goes back to doing nothing. Don't do anything with it. Well, Brooke Lopez was awesome. 33-7 and seven and four blocks, and Drew Holiday 15-6-9 and nine with some poor shooting, but some okay numbers nonetheless. But everything else here, what am, I, what am I looking at? What do I care about it? 
AJ Green, 15 points with five threes. He was bombing, but he's not going to play most nights. Grayson Allen, 10 points with two threes. Was, had no ability to take advantage of an increased opportunity. Honestly, just, there's some interesting games. Green and Carter. It doesn't mean anything for fantasy. On to the Bulls. No DeRozan, no Caruso, no Dragic, no Derek Jones. The big fella in the middle, Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. 22 and 16. Zach Levine, 18-4-1 on some rough percentages. But I do want to talk about Dale and Terry because I've been a little bit critical of him. But you know what? He was great. This is what he would do at Arizona a lot. He's a low usage guard, which worries me, but he had 13, 7, and 6 in a steal. That's really good. It took a lot of players being out for him to get this role. Who knows what happens with the Bulls and Caruso's injury and DeRozan's thigh and any of this stuff down the stretch. But maybe that ability to be that low-scoring, low-usage punt points guy but get rebounds, assists, and steals, which I think he can do, has marginal appeal. Now, this is the longest of long shots. If he was to find himself into that role, if he was to be useful in it, there could be some end of March, early April fantasy value in Dale and Terry. Good games for Patrick Williams, 16-5-2 with two steals and three threes. We know he's inconsistent, but it's always stream options when it's low volume there. While Kobe White started and was bad, eight points on 29%, and Ayodesuma was somehow worse, seven points on 27% as they're starting backcourt. Just horrific shooting from both of those guys who are only useful because of the absences of DeRozan and Caruso, and you stream them in, and you can go ahead and move on from them. Someone by the name of Carlick Jones played 22 minutes, by the way. He had one point on 0-4 shooting, so there you go. Old mate Karlik getting into the mix. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I think you know that though, because I've been telling you about it for years. You want a delicious treat? You might think about candy bars. Rightfully so. They're good, right? But why would you want to put all that extra fat and sugar into your body? You can just reach for a Built Bar. They're high in protein. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. And they taste delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. But instead of going to Built.com, you can just walk straight into a Walmart. Go down to the pharmacy section and there are four bar boxes sitting on the shelves. Spotlighted, massive displays, balloons, it's all there. They've got the coconut puff flavor, they've got the cookies and cream flavor, and they've also got the double chocolate flavor. And in Sam's Club, they've got the bigger boxes. 13 bar boxes of churro flavor and brownie batter. So go to built.com. That's still available to you. You can get all your built bars there. But you can also get them directly from Walmart and from Sam's Club. Built Bar is built different. It's game two. Quite a bit to talk about here. I think mainly from the Washington Wizards side, they win 114-106. They went with their same starting lineups. The number one question is going to be here, Josh, what is going on with Daniel Gafford? And let me give you a thought process on this. Gafford played 19 minutes. You know what? That is bad. That's really not good at all. He had six points, six rebounds, one steal, two blocks, 100% shooting, and he was the third best fantasy contributor on their team. So that is bad. In isolation... Without any context, you go, well, he played 15 minutes last game, Josh. He played 19 minutes this game. It's because Kyle Kuzma's back and I'm dropping him. And on the surface, I get you. I understand you doing that. I understand you having that thought process. I wouldn't. This is what I think happened. Last game, foul trouble. 5,015 minutes. Easy, easy discussion. Now, he started this game, but didn't start the second half. And I think what happened here is that in the first half, well, I don't think this happened. I know this happened. Corey Kispert was shooting 80% and had like 12 points coming off the bench in the first half. And Unsell went, oh, Corey, you're on fire, mate. Do you want to start? And that's what he did. Right? Corey Kispert started. I think in the second half, Kispert went on to score like three points maybe for the half. I think he hit one more shot for the half. 
And when he was out there, they started to get they started to get beaten. Like he he they were getting killed at the start of the third quarter. Then Gafford and the bench guys came in and brought them all back. He didn't play a huge amount, Dan. He only had 8% usage. But the fact that they were so in such a rebound discrepancy hurt them. And he and the bench guys, Avdia and Dillon Wright, really brought them back. And then Beal took over in the fourth. So, look, if it happens next game without any weird circumstance around it, I'll say, yeah, look, Gafford might, might be a 20-minute-a-night play. Now, one thing I also want to say here with Gafford is that I, I don't think starting Gafford and Porzingis is the answer. I don't think that's the right lineup decision, but I feel that they're relatively committed to that. And this was just a bad situation. And I don't think it reflects from last game. I would still hold Dan Gafford. I still think he can be a top 100 player. And even with those two poor performances, the last two games, he's 120th over the last week. That's not really droppable. And normally if I see stuff going like this and I see it as a trend, I go, Ugh, I'm a little worried about this. I am a little worried. I'm not massively worried about it, though. I think there are easy ways to explain this. Now, someone messaged me or left a comment saying, hey, I'd much rather trust Mark Williams. Like, yeah, so would I. But if you're in a situation where Mark Williams is available in your league, go ahead and drop Dan Gafford. There's no problem in that whatsoever. Is there any... Like, there are people that go, I'd rather rather have a Linux. Yeah, okay, cool. A Linux and Gafford both should be rostered. I get this. I'm not as worried as what I assumed that you guys are about Dan Gafford here, and I am not jacking him. I feel more comfortable about dropping Denny Avdia. Not to say this was a bad game, 10-9-4 and four with two steals, but the reluctance to just get him into a large enough role when he, he needs 30, Gafford needs 24 to be a 12-team league player. And I think the likelihood of Gafford getting 24 versus Avdia getting 30 is much, much higher for Dan. So this is not a bad game from Denny but I just don't think we get it enough and the role is a little bit confusing. Kuzma, terrible. 16 and 7 on 29%. Porzingis, actually pretty bad. 14 and 5 on 33%, but he did bring the big defensive numbers, KP. Porzingis. And Monty Morris was terrible. 5 points, 6 assists, 21 minutes. Two games in a row, big minutes for Dillon Wright. 29 minutes, 10, 7 and 3, 3 steals and a block. That's 29 minutes, two consecutive games for Dillon. He was awesome. He brought them back into the game. He's a plus 25. He's a better player than Monte Morris. I'm back on the ad deal and right train. I don't know how long I'm going to stay there, but I'm back on the ad deal and right train. That was very encouraging to see those minutes and two in a row, great fantasy profile, great impact. No problem at him. All right, no worries. As for Morris, absolutely not a must roster player. Monte at all. Better talk Brad Beal because he was amazing in that fourth quarter. 35, 6, and 5 with three steals. He was awesome. Great stuff to see that performance. For the Wolves, can't believe they choked this away, to be honest. They were dominating. Let's look at Anthony Edwards. Goose. Goose played 37 minutes. He had 34, 5, and 3 with three steals and a block. A bit rough from the field, but everything else was awesome. While Kyle Anderson went back to starting, played 31 minutes with his saw back, 18, 5, and 8, two steals. Absolute must-roster player who is available in like 60% of leagues. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Great. 17, 19, three blocks. And the easy thing here to say is, well, he's playing with Mike Conley. Conley's unlocked him. But that's easy to say. It's easy to say that on the surface. Does Mike Conley help him get more blocks? Does Mike Conley help him get more rebounds? I would say no. Does Mike Conley help with that increased usage? Probably a little bit. Yeah, that probably does help him. Agreed. But it's not all that. Part of our complaint with Gobert this season was, where are the blocks? 
Why aren't you blocking any shots? Why are your rebounds down? Why can't you block shots? And that's got nothing to do with Mike Conley. It happened that he had a great game here next to Conley, but it's got nothing to do with him. The usage, fine. I'll, I'll, I agree to that. But it's just good to see a big game from Gobert. As for Conley, 33 minutes is good, but he, he didn't score. He took six shots. It wasn't like he didn't shoot. Six is not huge, but he, he did take six. Mr. Moore had six assists and two steals hold. There was a bit of momentum about Jalen Noel being a 12-team league guy. He had six points in 13 minutes, so we can get rid of him pretty comfortably. And the artist formerly known as Torian Prince moved back to the bench and had five and four in 22 minutes. Let's look at the last game. The Clippers get the win over the Suns at the... Uh, I don't even know. At what? I don't know what I was going to say. At the Suns home stadium? Sure. 116-107. The Clippers beat the Suns. Um, Terrence Mann, 35 minutes. 26-4-3-3-3. Now, there's a couple of things here that are interesting. 35 minutes versus Marcus Morris's 19 minutes. Rightfully so. When Terrence Mann got initially put into the starting lineup, I grabbed him in a lot of leagues. And he played pretty well. And then the minutes started to come down and down and down. And I dropped him. I'm back on. I'm, I'm going to add. I think he's an add here. 26, 4, and 3. Look, 83% shooting is not real in any way. The under 20% usage is a little bit of a worry. But I'm okay with adding him. I think we can see he is clearly better than Marcus Morris. And should get these closing minutes. Eric Gordon also is clearly better than Marcus Morris. Now, we have to also remember that Norman Powell was out here. But Gordon played 26 minutes, 13 points, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 triples. He's a 14-team league guy. Paulie George had 26, 6, and 5, but it wasn't a great game from Kawhi. But you wouldn't know it by looking at 16, 9, and 4 with the steal and the block. He was scoreless in the first half. He shot 28% only, but still recovered to put up a really, really strong performance. What about at center? Zubats' minutes haven't really been impacted by Plumlee. 29 minutes, 13, and 12. That's not great numbers, but he hasn't really been impacted. While Plumlee played 18 minutes, I thought Plumlee looked pretty good out there. And I thought he can, I think he still can steal maybe one or two more minutes here. But I don't think that 20 minutes, 21 minutes, 22 minutes of Mason Plumley is enough for me to care in 12-team leagues. He had 6-6-3 six, six, and three with a steal and a block. That's pretty strong. He's going to have streaming value. He's going to be a 14-team league guy. But I don't think he's a 12-teamer. And obviously, I think obviously, Bones Highland's not an ad. He's not a hold. He's nothing in 12s. He's probably not even a 14-team league guy. 9 points, 16 minutes. We're obviously dropping Marcus Morris as well in 12-teamers. 4 points in 19. Not because he only played 19 minutes, because he does deserve to play 19 minutes. He is not good, and he hasn't been very good for a while. But he's also not a good fantasy contributor. He's rostered in lots of spots, yet he's not even a top 180 player this season. There's no reason to hold him. Interestingly, with Norman Powell out, they just said, right, no one's replacing him. We're just going to throw his minutes to other people. We, didn't, we actually got a few extra minutes for Batum. He played 24, but we didn't get Covington playing. We didn't get... Um, uh, Preston or Boston or any of those guys playing. Moses Brown was active today. That's the final day of his 50 games. So he can't play unless they sign him to a full contract. Same story with the Suns and Ish Wainwright. He played seven minutes. That was his final game as well. So he'd need to be signed to a full contract. Now the Suns are a very interesting scenario. Payne, Shamit, and Durant were all out. And there is a chance they all return first game back after the break. So a lot of what we've seen here may, means nothing. But we can't ignore what Josh Okogie did. 41 minutes, 24 points, 5 rebounds, 6 triples, 3 steals. It's, it's a hard one for me to judge with a Kogi because obviously his games have been very strong. We like it as a stream option, but it's also completely unrealistic to think he's going to have this level. He's shooting like 56% from 3 over the month of February. He historically has been a horrible 3-point shooter, like a 28% guy, I'm pretty sure, off the top of my head. Correct me if I'm wrong on those numbers. But he's never been a good 3-point shooter, and he is on fire. He's taking the same amount of shots in a game as Devin Booker. 
Like, A, he's not going to play 41 minutes. B, he's not going to take those shots. C, he's not going to convert at that level. And there are three rotation wings and guards to come back. He could still start. He probably still will still start. But this is good. It's just not likely. Like, before today, he's the 311th ranked player in category leagues on a per-game basis. 277th in points leagues. This is so wildly out of expectation that... If you add him, that's fine, but it could blow up completely in the next one. But it was great. Devin Booker was off in this one, but strong second half, 19-3-9. Aiton had 18-6, and six, and Chris Paul, I don't think Chris Paul is going to score many points as we move forward here. Five points for him here, 11 assists and four steals. He's going to be dishing everyone. What about the new addition, Terrence Ross? 25 minutes off the bench. He had a lot of shots, 31% usage, 17 shots, most on the team, 16 points. He just gunned away. But everything I said for a Kogi, well, not everything, a lot of what I said for a Kogi applies here. Payne, Shamit, Durant. They all as guards or wings, and that's what Terrence Ross plays. Will Ross be a part of the rotation? Probably. They basically took um, Damian Lee out of the rotation. He only played seven minutes. He got eight minutes of Saban Lee. So Ross will play. Will he be entitled to be the highest shot taker on a team? No. No, no chance. So don't go and add him based on this. What this does mean, though, is that, you know, well, I don't know what it means, but TJ Warren's really nothing. He's, he's nothing. Eight minutes, two points. We thought there was a chance he might be the starter. I'd say there's no chance he's going to be a starter or a big uh, minute player. Well, Torrey Craig had six in 27. I wouldn't bother with him in 12s either. I think what you'll find is that that fifth starter spot, whether it is a Kogi or Craig or someone else steps up or Ross gets into that spot, they're not going to be able to have consistent 12-team value. It's been a very good run from Josh Kogi. I just don't see how, looking at it, there's any reality moving forward. I don't even think it's a sell high because it's not even a buzzy name. No one's going to buy into it at all. Some of the other ones I look at sell highs, it's because they're buzz and people think that they can continue. There's not one person here who thinks that Josh Okogi can can continue this. There's just no way. And when you're looking at it, you know, oh no, there is going to be a huge drop-off coming. It's going to be so big. It's going to be massive for Okogi. Maybe I'm wrong. Come back to this in three weeks if you want and tell me, hey, Josh, um, old mate Okogi's still going at 20 points a game on 54% three-point shooting. I'd love it to be true for him and for the Suns. It just isn't. But come back and correct me if I'm wrong when we get to that later on. Let's do the lines of the night here to wrap it up as the last show before the All-Star break. The monstrous line of the night is Bradley Beal. Your waiver wire is Javon Carter. The young gun is Dalen Terry. Didn't think I'd say that at all. And the dud of the night is Mike Conley. Your top 10 players in category leagues. Number one was Brad Beal, followed by Brooke Lopez, Anthony Edwards, Javon Carter, Josh Okoge, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Vucevic, Kyle Anderson and Terrence Mann. Top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Javon Carter, just throw that one in the bin. Terrence Mann and DeLon Wright at two and three. They are 12 team worthy guys to have a look at. Eric Gordon, I don't hate if you added him in 12s. I'd probably look more to 14s because remember Norman Powell was out today, but he looked pretty good. Dalen Terry, just we're just keeping an eye on him. AJ Green, we're ignoring. Corey Kispert's just a deep league guy. Bones Highland, not interested at all in 12 or 14 team leagues, really. Torian Prince, probably 14 to 16s. And then the big fella at number 10, Sandro Mamul-Kelishvili. I hope I don't have to talk about him too much more this season. Top 10 for points leagues. No offense to Sandro. Top 10 for points leagues. Number one was Lopez, followed by Brad Beal, Anthony Edwards, Gobert, Vooch, Kyle Anderson, Paul George, Josh Kogi, Javon Carter, and the fun guy himself, Kawhi Leonard. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And I'm going to be off for a few days here. Maybe you'll get something Tuesday. I don't know. There definitely won't be anything tomorrow. Won't be anything across the weekend. You might get, you'll get something during the week, but it won't be the first day of the week. All right. Gonna have a few days off. 
hopefully going to relax, and then back to bang out the final eight weeks or so of the NBA regular season. Hopefully, you subscribed at the start of the show. If you haven't, subscribe now on YouTube. Get it there. Get it to 60,000. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and for subscribing in advance. We are done here. Is that what, I'm, is that what I normally say? Something went wrong then. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. That's what I say. See ya.